Hi, this is Guido Kuas from Passion for God Ministries. And for the next few minutes, I want to share some Bible truths with you. And today I want to talk about having a pure heart. And this is a message that is very dear to my own heart. And I like to talk about it because it's a message that is desperately needed in the Church of Jesus in these last days. Because of the society we live in and how the society has slowly and slowly moved away from um, uh, believing the Bible as God's Word and um, knowing the Bible as God's Word, um, the Church um, and uh, most of us have tended to lose our way a bit um, away from the pure word of God. And so we tend to judge things, or rather we tend to dis think that we can discern things, but our discernment has been clouded with so much head knowledge, so much worldly knowledge, so much um, ungodly knowledge that is wise according to the world, but foolish according to the Word of God. So um, we don't understand and we don't see danger uh, coming at us because we are using standards of the world. And so in these last days it is so important to have a pure heart, a heart that can discern God's ways and a heart that knows God's ways. And so let me explain um, what I mean with all of this. The Bible says first thing in uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 9, it says this very important thing. In Jeremiah 17 verse 9 it says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. And of course it's talking about our human heart um, and our human collection of emotions and and thoughts and and motives um, what the what the Bible calls our heart and it says it is more deceitful than all else this tells me and um, I've noticed in my own life that we often do not know our own heart and we can lie to ourselves to think that we know our heart and that's why people can, if you confront them with something that you feel they need to know because you've, you've seen some wrong behavior or something that will help them, that they could change in their lives, sometimes they will refuse to see it. Even though everybody else can see it, they will go down with the ship rather than acknowledge that, well, you may be right, let me go and you know, seek God about this. Um, no, they will stick to their guns and say, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's because our heart is more deceitful than all else. Now, how can you, how can, how can we know our heart then? How, how can we avoid this kind of deception in our own heart? I have found in my own life that humility towards God is one of the best, absolute best medicine 
against being deceived by your heart. Is that humility towards God and a passionate love for Him? That will help you discover your own heart and take the necessary measure to change it. Um, so if you see in Psalm 139, for example, we see how David prays. And as you know, David was called by God as a man after his own heart. That means a man who has a heart that is both running after God, but also a heart like God's heart. I mean, that is awesome. And that is what we want to have. So we can learn something from David when he prays this in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. It says this, Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is one of the best prayers I can find in the Bible to help us avoid being deceived by our own hearts. I personally have prayed that prayer so many times to keep my heart pure. And when I talk to people sometimes to challenge their hearts, I found that um, you will recognize people who don't know this prayer because they are not willing to stop and invite the Holy Spirit in to search their heart. They will assume straight away that you are wrong because they don't recognize what you are challenging them in. They have not even gone that road. They, they, they've never explored that issue with the Holy Spirit really. So it's a foreign concept to them. And so they will resist you. But if you meet somebody who is like David, humble. I mean, we haven't got time to go and look in it, but you, you probably know one of the most well-known Bible stories um, is the one with uh, David and Bathsheba. And I'm referring to the bit where God sent the prophet Nathan to expose David's sin to him and when Nathan tells the story and David reacts not realizing that it, that story is about him somebody who stole the next door the poor next door neighbor's only sh uh, lamb um, David was incensed and rose from his throne and says well that man shall be punished um, and Nathan says that man O king, is you. This is what you've done. You've stolen the, the wife of this poor man who's loyal to you, even though you have already several wives, and you've stolen his only love, and then you killed him. At that moment, we can read in Psalm 23, um, Psalm 130. Nine, you can read how his heart would have reacted. And in Psalm 51, you can actually read the actual sound that came out of his repentance. And, you know, he, he had this attitude to, he's been asking God, search me thoroughly, God, 
and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. So when Nathan exposed that in his life, it says in the Bible that he did not try to defend himself. He did not try to tell Nathan, you know, you, you just coming here to accuse me. It's, you know, you have an evil heart. No, he says, I have sinned. I have sinned. And he repented before God. You can read that in Psalm 51, how deep his repentance went. Create in me, O God, a new heart. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Those are just some of the exclamations from that psalm that he is so aware that, you know, between him and God, there is no uh, protection. His heart was open before God. That doesn't make him perfect because he did commit a sin. But once the sin is highlighted, all the walls are down. He just hits the ground in repentance. That's a humble heart. And that's why later God says of him, he is a man after my own heart. That is what God is looking in us. He knows we're not perfect because he chose us while we were sinners and he's still working on us. But what he's looking for is that purity of heart, humility of heart, this passion for him, that if he exposes something in our heart through other people, that we at least take the moment to consider, could this be God speaking to me? Instead of raising all our weapons of self-defense and fight that person. And sometimes relationships are broken because God was trying to show somebody something that he's not willing to even consider because he got offended. You know, Jesus says, blessed are you if you don't get offended. That's a good thing. It's a side issue. Um, about from the issue what we're talking about today, but it's a good thing to bear in mind. If you're somebody who gets offended, who gets offended because somebody points something in your life um, and you're ready to defend yourself, um, that is a sign that there's some work to be done there in your humility and especially teachability, you know? And um, But there are some other scriptures here that I, I find that, is helpful to us. Um, it says here, for for example, um, in um, well, no. Let's have a look at Luke nine, verse fifty four and fifty five first. And in there, Luke nine fifty four and fifty five, you find here a good example of how um, even if you're walking with Jesus, sometimes you don't know your heart. And so these are the disciples that um, are walking with Jesus. you find him in Luke 9, 54 and 55. And these are disciples James and John, who Jesus uh, loves very much and, and often includes them in his um, inner circle, John, James and um, Peter. And they were elsewhere, elsewhere called um, Sons of Thunder. Um, which tells you something about their character. They probably fly off the handle. They're f they react very passionately, like thunder. And in this case here, in Luke 9, we see that um, a town, um, a Samaritan village, has just rejected Jesus, wouldn't let him in. And um, they say here in uh, Luke 9, 54, 
when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Now, in some Bibles, they actually include what in the NIV has been excluded. So I'm going to read it for you. In the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, you can it's one of those translations, um, among others, that actually put in after 55. It says, um, so I'll read 55 again. But Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. So this is the reaction of Jesus. That when John and James, who've been walking with Jesus for a while now, encounters a village of people who don't want Jesus, their reaction was immediately right. That's called damnation from heaven straight on them. Fire, brimstone, hell on them. But Jesus' reaction was totally different. And he, he challenged them saying, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. And I think this is a timely word for all of us. Do we know what kind of spirit we are of? We need to know our hearts to be able to know what kind of spirit we are of. And certain things that we do, certain things we react upon, um, motives in our hearts are so hidden that sometimes we don't we don't know. Um, I remember clearly this guy coming to me many years ago. I was discipling him, and he said to me, um, "I want to become a pastor." And I said, "Okay, good. That 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 is a very noble." aspiration that we can work with um, but in the back of my mind I did question his desire because he doesn't strike me as someone who likes people but he said to me I want to be a pastor now from my Bible knowledge correct me if I'm wrong but pastor is another word for shepherd that means you, you're dealing with people like lambs like sheep you have to be gentle you you have to like them you have to be very patient um so you need some sort of uh, you know uh, some love in your heart for people at least um and then we can work with that uh, but i remember at the conference where it was packed with people um i was looking for this guy seeing where he was sitting and he had placed his wife and his children in one place among the throngs of people there. And he himself went and sat somewhere far away where um, the chairs were empty, the seats were empty in the auditorium. And he was sitting on his own there, very high up, close to the ceiling there. And I found him and I said, what are you doing sitting here? He said, oh, I can't stand all these people. I just want to sit here by myself. And that is a classic example of... Someone who did not know their hearts. He is absolutely convinced that he is called to be a pastor, to pastor people. But he can't stand people. So, for me, <laughs> that is something that, um, th that shows you how our motives sometimes are obscure from, from us. 
We think we want something, but we actually don't understand our own heart. Or we don't understand what we want. It probably thinks of being a pastor. It means I'm important. You know, I get to wear a suit, uh, perhaps. You know, not that I believe a pastor has to wear a suit, but I think in his mind, oh, I can wear a suit. I can wear a tie. I can be important. I can be at the front. People will listen to me. I can order them around. I can tell them what to do. Um, and that is what he wanted. That's what he calls being a pastor. Well, God calls being a pastor a servant. So those two descriptions and definition are at opposite ends. And he himself cannot see his own heart. How many people want something from God, but their motives are totally wrong? And so hence you get people in leadership that are hurting other people. Um, I get people coming to me with brokenness they are in leadership but the church has placed them in a position of leadership and does not have the understanding or the discernment to see you know being leadership is not just a position it's not just teaching out of your head knowledge teaching out of theological head knowledge it is teaching from the heart and you cannot give what you yourself do not have did you hear that you cannot give what you yourself do not have. You cannot minister wholeness and purity and holiness if it's not part of your heart. So if I am broken, if I have wrong motives in my heart, if I am hurt, how can I minister to people healing? Um, it's like... You know, somebody addicted to nicotine trying to pray for people to stop smoking. It's like, come on, you have no authority there, right? First conquer it in your own life and then the Holy Spirit will anoint you with that ability to, to give that and minister that to other people. It can flow through your life. So, you know, having a pure heart is so important because God wants to pour, God uses our lives to change other people's lives. So first, my life has to be changed. My heart has to be pure before I can impart it to other people. And here, Jesus obviously confronted in Luke 9, the heart of his own disciples to say, Oh boy, I don't think you know what, what is in your heart. I have come to save people and you want to destroy a whole village because it didn't accept me? Another verse too that I find very important is uh, John 4, 24. Let's turn to that. It says there, this is Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman in John 4, 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so it's talking here about worship that has to come out of the spirit, out of your heart, and based on truth. And also, let, let me say, worship is not singing songs. Sometimes many Christians have that confused and they think worship God means put a nice soft song on and, and, and that is how you worship God. 
The word worship in the Bible means to honor, to give homage. And in their days, it means throw yourself at the feet, bow very low down before a dignity, a king or someone in authority. And in this case, before God. So when we say worship God, it means, Lord, I bring you honor with my life, with my lifestyle, with my heart position, with my thoughts and my mind and my aspiration and desires all give you glory. So I lay down everything that I made of my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my body. I prostrate before you and say, you are God in my life and there is no other. So when we can do that, we need to bring our heart wide open to him and make sure that our heart is based on his heart. You see, like I can't come and bow down and worship God if I'm thinking, right, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to pray that God will destroy everybody who doesn't receive my message. You can't worship God like that. You come to God and it's about him. You bring him glory and your heart has been fashioned and has been made humble to his will. What do you want, God? I'm here to serve you and to receive what you have for me. And it also has to be based on truth. So do I believe truth about God's character and image? Or do I come to him to worship him, so-called, but yet I believe he doesn't like me. I believe that he wants to punish me because he's angry with me. I believe that he let me down. Now, you may be shocked at this. You think, well, who, who thinks like that? You will be surprised how many people have issues with God. I minister to people constantly who come to me and really when we come to the bottom of the, the issue that they're having in their life, either they're sick or they're mentally ill or they, they need breakthroughs in their life, things are broken in their lives and you come down, the bottom line is, well, I don't believe God treats me fairly. I don't believe, I believe in the past God has treated me or my family fairly. Basically, I have something against God. Now, that is not based on truth. That's a lie from the devil, right? Because God, the Bible says, God is righteous. He is just. In him, there is no injustice. He is never to be blamed. He is blameless. God is righteous and holy above all. So he doesn't do anything unfairly or unrighteous or trying to hurt you. No, he says, my plans for you are to prosper you, not to harm you. And so, come on, we need to get that truth right before we say we worship him. So our heart can deceive us. So people, leadership, people in leadership come to me and their hearts have got issues against God or they have believed a lie about God. God has let them down. God does not answer their, 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 their prayers because they believe they themselves are sinful or they, they haven't met a certain standard for God to answer their prayers. All those things are lies. The Father is not like that. But that's an issue I will talk to the next in the next uh, podcast about do you really know who God is in his character? 
But in this one, I want to emphasize about the importance of having your pure heart. So before we leave, I want to leave you with another verse. And that is um, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And I read it from the Amplified because it gives you all the, all the nuances of the Hebrew language out of this. And it says this, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Wow, I love this verse because it tells us where, where it's at. It's in your heart. You can speak, you can preach the nicest preach, you can quote the, the most intellectual book about theology you've, you've read, or about church growth, or about statistics of the church, you can quote all that, but I tell you, it's your heart you will be judged on. And I find it even more important, it says he's from out of it, flow the springs of life. Your life is coming out of what is in your heart. So if there are wrong things in your heart, wrong things will flow out of your heart. And sometimes, you know, it's like the rudder of a ship and a captain, you know, gets on his ship and he thinks he's pointing it, he's leaving South America and he's pointing for Europe. But I tell you, he just has to, he just has to have it right, a wrong in just like 0.01 of a degree on his compass or on the rudder um, for him to actually end up perhaps in Greenland, right? Or in Scandinavia instead of in, in, in England where, where he probably meant to go. It doesn't, you don't have to jerk the rudder. You just have to have it slightly, slightly wrong for you to end up somewhere else. And you end up in Greenland where it's all freezing and, 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 and you think, how did I get here? And so our lives too can take, take us into the totally wrong direction. I get it. I get many people coming to me for prophetic counseling and they say, can you tell me what's wrong with me? Because I have this in my life, this in my life, but, but I just wanted to serve God. I just, I just wanted to be a leader. I just want this, but look where I'm at. I'm totally broken. How did this happen? And it's, and it's just slight adjustments needed in their hearts. They did not know the spirit they're made of. Um, you know, they, they believe just something slightly wrong about God. And that's enough to take you to a wrong direction. The enemy will exploit that. Those are what I call the footholds uh, of the enemy. And he will exploit it. That is your legitimate opening and invitation to the enemy to come in and steal and kill and destroy. We just have to have it slightly wrong. And so it's important to keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. Forget about your money. Forget about your job. First, learn to guard and keep your heart with all vigilance. Because out of that, your life will come. I sometimes um, uh, you know, translate it like this. is Your destiny will come out of your heart. And that's why it's so important to know your heart. But I find I cannot know my heart, but the Holy Spirit can. 
So that prayer of David, we read at the very beginning, Psalm 139, verse 23, 24. Search my heart and know my heart, Lord. Try it and show me, please, if there is any wicked ways in it. So that I might walk into life. And it's an invitation. You know, I do it sometimes daily. I, I ask, Holy Spirit, come and show me. Or if I get stuck, or if somebody says something challenging to me that I'm not sure or didn't recognize in me, I ask the Holy Spirit, okay, show me. If I'm wrong, show me. Sometimes I feel like in the spirit that there is a disturbance. I walk daily in the presence of God with his pleasure on me, knowing that he loves me, but ever so, every so often, I may feel a disturbance, like, hang on, I don't feel like I'm believing that I'm loved right now. I feel like I'm a bit upset or I'm uh, something, like the, the Wi-Fi connection has just been disturbed and I lost connectivity with heaven. And I stop straight away and ask Holy Spirit, what is going on in my heart? And more than often, it's just a word that somebody said, an attitude that somebody had that just pushed me slightly aside and I start believing a lie about myself. And that moment, at that when the Holy Spirit shows me, I just forgive that person and I release them and I go back running to the throne of God and say, I want to stay with you. Daddy God, I want to be in your love. I just want to stay here. I know that you love me. You do not condemn me. You do not abuse me or accuse me. And at that moment, connectivity is restored. Sometimes he may show me, look, you've done this wrong, you know, but it's never accusation, it's conviction. Conviction is a loving correction by God. And he says it to you in love. He says, son, I love you, but you know, I would like you to handle this different in the, another time, next time. And perhaps you need to apologize to that person. Great. You just do that. That's all you need to do. And obey the Father's gentle nudging and you're back on track. So you need to know your heart instead of saying no. Um, another issue, your heart could be people um, come to me sometimes and says, um, you know, please, um, please mentor me, please disciple me. Um, I give you permission to speak whatever you want in my life. Please don't hold back. I've learned now to actually ask, are you sure? And more than often, I don't say everything I see because sometimes their hearts are not right. So people say, yeah, tell me everything until you tell them. You know, I think you may need to change this in your heart. That will please the father so much, you know, if you get rid of this thing. Oh, and that's when you see who has a humble heart, who is teachable and who is not. Their reaction can be offense. How dare you think like that about me? Or anger, right? Um, I don't agree with you. I think you're wrong. I think you're this, that, and the other. Okay, but may I remind you that you invited me to say what I see in the spirit about your life? Obviously, you didn't mean that. Obviously, you're, you do not know your own heart. And so, humility is a good medicine. Humility is when when God 
through the Holy Spirit, through people perhaps, come to you and show, you know, I think you need to change this. It's to be like David and say, yes, Lord, search my heart, show me. And if I've done something wrong, here am I. I repent. I repent because you are God and I am not. And that's a great attitude to have. I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will take you from glory to glory, from strength to strength, into everything the Father has for you. There are, I tell you this, there are so many people um, missing out on what God really has for them because they've said no to the Holy Spirit sometime. Not realizing it because they're thinking it's people ganging up on them. They think it's people criticizing them. And so they say, no, I'm not listening. And that will, that no will at that moment change the rudder of your life into a different direction. I've seen too many of those people. So I urge you to learn to pray this prayer and mean it. To ask the Holy Spirit to come and search your heart and show it to you. And, and show if there's anything that needs changing. And, um, and partner with the Holy Spirit to search for truth about your heart and about God's image. But in our next podcast, I will talk a bit more about the, the true image of God. And that may help you as well. So we've run out of time. God bless you. I'm glad that you stuck around and listened to my 33 minutes. And um, this is Gita Kuas from Passion for God Ministry. We are on, on the internet, uh, on the website, passionforgodministries.org. And you can contact me there if you want prophetic counseling, if you want help with anything. Do not hesitate to contact us. And come back for our next episode soon. God bless you. Bye.